Good afternoon. This is another episode of the Sean Mo Hoops podcast, and I'm here with Coach John Mosley of East LA College. I've uh, been, been excited to have Coach Mosley coming on. I think, uh, you know, most people in the basketball community uh, hopefully got a chance to see Last Chance U, uh, which was a fantastic show that came out in the kind of February, March timeframe, uh, but have been excited to talk to Coach Mosley. How are you doing today? Uh, Sean, doing all right, man. Again, just staying busy. We still, you know, we're in the LA area, so they, we're the slowest, one of the slowest areas to get back going. So still got a little time. Hey, you, you called me just in time, man. In a couple months here, nobody will be able to get a hold of me. I'm going to be back in the gym. Haven't been in there in almost a year, in, in over a year. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, obviously with the, the guidelines that came out the other week, I know you'll be excited to get in the gym and, and really going, you know, 14 months uh, with, without being in the gym. You know, before we get into last chance, you, how, how difficult has it been just, you know, really over those last 14 months of, of you know, staying connected to kind of a new group of players um, without gym access, without really being able to leave your home? How challenging has, has that whole experience been, you know, for you? Yeah, probably the most difficult challenge in regards to me coaching basketball because there's absolutely no control. And usually I can help people by kind of dangling the carrot and the carrot is basketball. And so these young men are sitting at home and there's nothing really to give them a carrot to kind of help them through, you know, everybody's, you need to be tough and they need to grind it out. Well, you know what? They, they, they've gone through enough that this was the one thing that helped them. Uh, and that's not, we don't have that right now. So it's been one of the toughest times to kind of see the, the casualties. So there are some casualties that I have no control over. And, you know, what you saw is I had basketball. That was the one thing that I can kind of real guys in. So there was a lot of casualties. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we can restore some of what was, was damaged. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll chat about kind of how the, how the season ended, um, you know, when, when we get into it, but how much, you know, from the time that the show aired, uh, you know, I, I know you've been doing a ton of interviews, but what's been kind of the feedback and, and what were your reactions as, as you maybe were, were watching the show and as, as it was going through? Well, initially I didn't think the show was going to be any good because they just came in and filmed us. And I was like, well, that's, you just got us doing what we do. Right. And I just didn't know, but, you know, with the editing and putting it together and cutting it up and it, they just adding music to it. I was like, I thought the music was the best part. They made it sound good. And I was like, wow, it's interesting. But the feedback has been phenomenal. I had no idea that so many lives would be touched by just the authenticity, I believe, of of us really caring about young men. And I just thought that was normal. I thought that's what we should do. If we're in a leadership position, we should be serving leaders. And uh, the, the kind of the response to that was, was, was great. Like, Hey, you guys are really serving those young men. You guys are, you know, you guys are really, uh, you know, doing a great thing. And I just thought it was kind of normal. So to hear it from not just local, but to hear it from all over the, the country and, and all over the world. I mean, there's several countries that have reached out uh, that have been inspired by it. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that I was able to be a part of it. And I never thought it would have the, the kind of the impact in that way. I thought it'd just be a little entertaining and it'll be some basketball stuff and 
a few people email and say, hey, I like the show, but it was more than just that. And uh, I'm, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. How long did it take uh, for you as, as well as the players to get used to having, you know, the cameras in the locker room at practice kind of all over the place? Uh, you know, about a week or so. Like I tell a lot of people that, you know what, our kids are on camera the whole time. They're social media. Mm-hmm. They're like taking pictures of themselves and showing it to the world now. So it's like, it's kind of not a big deal. Uh, you know what, when I, when I envision being on television, I envision, and which I've had, have, have been on television in the past, but earlier days, it was like this bright light, right? And then you just kind of got to squint your eyes and you got these shades on, but there's no bright light with cameras now, you know, you can, you can kind of, uh, the cameras do the lighting for you. And so, you essentially get used to it. Um, they're way out of the way. It's no big deal. Um, you kind of at first watch what you say because um, you're afraid you're going to say some say the wrong thing. But then you get used to it, and it was no big deal after a while. And I think uh, for me, just in regards to to my faith and how I try to live my life, I felt like ever since I've committed my life to trying to live right, that I've had a camera on me. Even when I'm sitting at home by myself, I, I want to make sure that I'm trying to do the right thing. So I think, you know, that it just it just is natural. It wasn't a big deal. Well, you know, I know you mentioned authenticity, and I think that was one of the things that, you know, whether it was a basketball fan or, or somebody that was just watching the show, they, they kind of saw, saw early on. Um, you know, 15 guys on the team, each one kind of has their own personality and own, own background, own difficulties. You know, what's it like at the beginning of the season as you're trying to, you know, create, you know, this this cohesive group uh, and and bring them bring them together. And I know that's kind of a an ongoing battle, really, the whole season. But, you know, how how do you kind of approach each each and every season? Well, first, man, you look and guys are coming in in the summer classes and working out and then you really don't know who's going to be on your team. So it's not like and we don't have scholarships in California, so it's not. Like you sign and this is my team and we got to make this work together. Man, you're looking at 25 guys there in the summer and you really don't know who's going to be on the team. Like Joe Hampton, I said, oh, there's no way this guy's going to be on the team. And then he goes, you know, he has a stint where because of a bench warrant, he goes to jail. And I'm like, see, yeah, there you go. I knew he wasn't going to be a part of it. Uh, But his support or some people reached out that was connected to him and said, hey, Joe, this happened to him. Can you help him? And I'm thinking like, well, I'm not going to abandon him. Let me help him. And I was like, there's no way he's going, you know, finish. Let me just help the kid, you know, let me just help him get out of this situation and then we'll move on. And so you really don't know kind of at the community college in California, who's going to be on the team. You're looking at 25 guys that walk through the door. Some guys that say, Hey, I, I got a family. I got to go take care of my family. Another kid is like, you know what? I don't want to play basketball anymore. Another kid gets in trouble. I had a young man who I was really relying on. And he gets in a car accident and the jaws of life have to remove him. And he literally has brain issues, memory issues for like uh, several months. And so we never saw him. So you just don't know. And then you get to the first game and now it's you're sitting there like, okay, this is our team. You're trying to figure out who the alphas are. You're trying to figure out who the, and it's no different than anyone else, any other coach in the country, but you add more elements. Like 
these young men, there's no dorms, so they come from home every day, and you're wondering who's going to show up. You know, you're wondering if all the issues that they had uh, at the community college level, is that going to resurface? So these are all things that you worry. Like every day I'm sitting here praying like, Lord, let's just get 15 guys to show up. To get practicing hard, can we get 15 guys to show up? And that was a challenge in itself. So that's the challenge you deal with at the community college. And you hope that you can build enough of a, of a carrot and you can get them excited and you can get them, uh, uh, you know, just enthused enough to say, you know what, I really want to be a part of this so bad that I'm going to try to show up every day. Because that's not happening at every community college in California. And not only just get them to show up, but you get them bought in enough to where, okay, I want to go hard. And not only go hard, but I want to be unselfish. So, man, it's a challenge to, number one, just get them to show up every day, just in California. It's, it's not a given that they're going to show up. It's not a like a high school commitment where your parents drop you off every day so you know the kids are going to be there. Or you at the university where you got dorms. So if, if, if you're looking for a kid, you could just walk across the street to the dorm. You don't know if they're going to show up. That's number one. That's a challenge in itself. And that's not on that responsibility. It falls on me. But at the same time, I can't get 15 guys there as well as get my kids to school, as well as, you know, teach classes and do all that. So that's the first thing that's a miracle every day is if 15 guys show up. You're like, if you get that 80% of the time, you're like, wow, we've accomplished something, you know? So just getting them to show up is, is one deal. Uh, and I think if you get them bought in, you get them excited enough, and uh, you sell them on that dream, then they they kind of take on the responsibility to show up, and that in itself is a victory. Yeah, you know, you mentioned kind of all the, all the things going on and getting 15 players to show up, and I think that's probably – you know, with your coaching style, it's one where, you know, very intense and you'll get after somebody if, if they, if they deserve it, but at the same time, you know, you know that they might need a hug or a pat on the back as well, um, which, you know, can work, but, but I can imagine, you know, you're trying to, in the moment, get them to realize what you're doing and, and how you're trying to prepare them for the next level. And I'm sure, you know, whether it's, that season or a year later to, you know, people come back and say, man, you know, now I understand what you were, what you were trying to do, but how hard is it in that moment to try to get the players to, to really see the bigger picture? Yeah. I mean, you know what, there's a lot of praise that we've gotten. It takes a village. So like our whole staff, we get all this, pra- Oh, you did a great job. You didn't give up on the kids. It wasn't like I didn't want to sometimes, you know, I'd come some days and I'd be like, you know what, I'm I'm done. I can't deal with it anymore. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, the, the support staff, so, you know, it would be a moment where I'm like, I'm done. And then Coach Rob is like, Coach, you got to hang in there with Joe. Uh, he going to help us win a playoff game at some point, Coach. For, if not that, at least that. You dealt with Joe this whole time. Just get a playoff game from him. You know, he deserves – he's going to help us win a game or, or two. So, I mean, it's in that moment, man, it is the toughest thing to do to get them to, to buy in. And you try – I think I see myself in them. Uh, I see some of the ways they respond and they react, and I can kind of go back. And I got to realize that, hey, you know what, I was that age, and I remember acting that way. And so I got to kind of go back. And I got to go back and meet them where they're at 
and help and, and realize that okay let me see why they're responding this way why they're reacting this way let me go back and try to pull them instead of me expecting them to come to this point i mean that's that's the responsibility i take on at the junior college level realizing that man i'm i keep getting older and older and older and they, they stay the same age i gotta go meet them where they're at although i get more mature and more intolerable intolerant of, of those actions I got to remember, you know, hey, when I was, uh, if they're 21, when I was 22, I understood a little bit more and I was more tolerant. So I got to try to be that same. Uh, and it gets more difficult every year as times change, as social media changes, the mindset as media and uh, the, the NBA stars changes the way they view basketball and how, you know, how they should live out their lives. Everybody has an opinion now, you know, uh, because of social media. And so I got to meet them there and, and kind of have that patience. And it's not for everybody to do, you know, that's just what I choose to do. If, if I'm going, if I'm going to uh, say that I want to help young men that are like that. And if you say that, then I think that's what you got to do. You got to go meet them there. You can't say, I want to help these young men or help these young ladies or help these kids that are, that 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 are uh, in a space where they in a low economic space or in a situation where they are low performing, and you're not going to go meet them there. You got to go meet them in that space, and and you can't sit back and say, "Hey, come and get what I have to offer you." Mm-hmm. You got to go meet them in that space. So that's just what you know, kind of what I feel, and I try to go meet them there, and I think it works out. Yeah, you brought up Joe Hampton, and, and he was he was obviously one of the central you know figures in the in the show, and he was a guy you know going back a, a number of years, um, you know, back to his freshman year in high school was was when I first heard of him, and I got you know watching Dematha, they came to Chicago when I was living there to play, and went back to my notes, I saw his name, and then AAU season uh, comes around, and you know Joe Hampton's being talked talked about, and, and here he is, you know seven seven plus years later do you you know do you think part of it was was him you know trying to still live up to those expectations of of being you know such a you know early on five star four star kid that that kind of was one of the mental hurdles he was trying to get through during the season yeah I mean that that's a part of the reaction the frustration that he had that you saw but that was just one component you know I think he was still comfortable and knew that, you know, if he gets himself right, he'd be can get to be the player that he wanted to be. I knew he loved the game. Uh, so you had to question why is he trying to sabotage himself because he loves the game. And uh, <clears throat> I think the reactions and the poor response comes from, you know, the, the abandonment. Uh, he's this five-star, four-star player. And all the people who supported him – or those who kind of hung on to him when he was that guy, where were they at when he blew out one knee and then when he blew out the other knee? I think there was an emotional disconnect with everybody who kind of was connected to him. And he felt abandoned. That's just in my opinion. And so a start, it, 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 it takes you to a place where when your early development years is all about you being successful as a basketball player, that's like your foundation Unfortunately, that's what's happening to some of our young stars and young basketball players, that their foundation, their identity is I was a basketball player since I was 10 years old. And that's what I'm known for. And everybody celebrates me. So you've been celebrated your whole life. That's your foundation. The foundation is that I'm celebrated because I'm this 
good basketball player. But when that's all gone away, you know, there's nobody to help with build that, rebuild that foundation because that's what you expect. And you don't know how to react when everybody abandons you in that moment. And so just trying to help him to recover and respond and, and to be able to uh, reestablish his identity, it was tough. And so uh, his response is to, you know, is to just, he doesn't know how to respond. His response is not to trust. His response is to put up a wall automatically and respond in a, in a negative light because there's a bad officiating. So before you can say, I'm a failure again, let me blame everybody else. You know, um, and I think though all those emotions, all those responses he was going through, and it's just like, hey, let me, let me, let me help Joe understand that, you know what, your work and, you know, how you respond is going to define you. Your work is going to define you. Uh, so let's change our responses. And so just trying to get him to work through that. Um, you don't have to live up to that anymore. That's in the past. All we have to do is live up to the foundation and the work that you're doing right now. And let's move forward. And he's done that. He's done that. Yeah, and I think, you know, for, for, for the show, it was kind of a, a roller coaster of emotion just from a, a viewing standpoint of, of the struggles early on. And then, you know, he seems to be getting it. And then there was towards the end, you know, one one scene where you had the Division One coaches in the gym for practice. And that's where he, you know, you thought he was about to quit. And you're, you're at home on your couch saying, no, you know, go go back, go back. And then you have Coach Hunter go back and, and talk to him. And and then he does go back and, you, you know, as a viewer, you're just going up and up and down, but it, you know, you kind of see, you know, see how he matures and, and how everybody is, is helping him. But, you know, you saw coach Hunter, you saw coach, coach Rob, and I thought it was good that Netflix at least gave them a little bit of their own backstory uh, because I think they're very unique and very, uh, you know, great characters and great individuals. Uh, how, how big was it just to have them? I know coach Hunter has been around for a little bit longer, but, how how important has it been just to have those guys around uh, the past few years? Well, to have pe- people that uh, kind of are in alignment with your vision and, and what you think is important, I think that's one of the most important things to have success. So the, how it went and how it looked and how everything came together wouldn't have come together had we had not had those guys. But I think it's important that when we are in a leadership position, that when we are building something that it's important to have people like that, that are like-minded around you. And I, I challenge everybody, man, when you jump into something, uh, I, it, it's not just, Hey, let me read over the resume, man. Let me, let me spend time with these people so I can really find out what they're about. And let's really dialogue and talk about what's important to you. And so when we hear that, and when you spend time with coach Rob and coach Hunter, like I did before, kind of before I knew coach Hunter from a distance, I would watch him do some work and we talked a lot and we'd be on the phone talking. And I, I, and then I remember he said, Hey, I'm looking to train change situations. And I said, yeah, man, come on over because I know what you're about. And that was easy. And I knew what he was about. Nobody's perfect, but man, I'll take the 99% that I enjoy versus that 1% that, that you, you you maybe have differences with. And then Coach Rob, the same, man. From a distance, I watched his success as a coach. And when you have success uh, on your own and as a leader, then you absolutely you have the qualities to help someone else in the servant or in a in as a in a lesser role and in, in you know, or I see it as an equal role 
they just call me the coach, the head coach, but we share the same responsibilities. But Coach Rob, man, he's got the savvy. I immediately saw that. He had the savvy. He had a good feel, great personality that would match the young man that we were dealing with. And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I already knew from a basketball standpoint, basketball knowledge, he would have uh, all that. I just needed to see if he really uh, would enjoy this grind. And But as a high school head coach, we know the high school head coaches have a, a, a different grind in itself, man. But they, you know, they're always folding clothes and doing laundry and they're doing those things. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're at one of those super number one in the country high schools. But right. Coach Rob, I knew he would come with that level of grind. And then when we just made the connection and spent time together from a personality standpoint, it was a match. And I think it's important for coaches, uh, you know, when you're building something, man, uh, it's the people, man. It's not the the resume, man. And, and I, you know, the res- resumes are really uh, overrated to me. You know, the resume is overrated. The, the job interview is overrated. It's who the person is because um, usually um, I'm probably not a great interviewer because it's hard for me to toot my own horn. It's just like, man, just, just put me out there and I'll show you, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn. I want, because, you know, there's a chance that things happen that may kind of, you know, screw up my, the expectations you have for me, you know, but you put me out there and we'll show you how hard we're going to work and we're going to show you. Um, So resumes and interviews to me are way overrated and, uh, just spending time. And so I was able to do that. And it's just a perfect match, man. Those guys are, uh, the show wouldn't have gone the way the season wouldn't have gone the success that I've had. And not just those guys, but guys in the past coaches I've had in the past, the same, you know, uh, wouldn't have the success I've had unless you had great coaching, coaching staff, assistant coaches, managers, um, you know, office assistants, everybody who's involved, you got to have good people. And I think you, you got to take time to kind of learn about people before you, you know, before we just say, hey, yeah, come aboard because I'm looking at this resume that says you you did this, this and this, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I think for, for Coach Rob, you know, it was it was entertaining, especially, you know, I'm kind of a numbers guy a little bit as as well. And, and he was able to, you know, in the film room, use the numbers, but use it in, in kind of a constructive way to show, you know, show players what they're doing well or, or what they could improve on. Um, and some of his comments, you know, obviously gave, gave me a laugh, a laugh as well. Um, you know, one, one scene in particular, I think, you know, I saw NBA players, a lot of people commenting on, on it. And you probably know where I'm going, but it was the, the post game in the weight room scene where it was really emotional, um, you know, just in terms of all the effort you're putting in uh, for them, uh, for the kids. And, and obviously you have your own family. What was it like kind of watching watching that on on the screen and and you know kind of reliving that that you know really emotional experience? Well, you know what it, there was a uh, I was probably a little bothered by the way we we played, you mm-hmm. know. So that was already uh, uh, kind of bothering me. And then I think we came what happened is I think we came to the the we're in the weight room. And it's something we do normally, and they know exactly why we do it. It has nothing to do with being, you know, oh, we're the toughest team in the country. No, there's a science to it. There's a reason why we do it right after. We want to make sure we keep our strength up. And just think about it. If you you go, guys are playing, what, 20, 25 minutes. 
practicing, you're practicing two two hours, right? So you really kind of don't go as hard. You you really go harder in practice. And so if we can keep our strength up, if we got multiple games that are coming up, if we can say right after a game, we're still sweaty and a little warm. If we can work out and do that, we can stay in shape. We can stay conditioned. We can keep our strength. And then guess what? Tomorrow we can recover versus trying to come and work out tomorrow. We can use tomorrow to recover. But since we're already working today in a game, why don't we just add 15 or 20 more minutes to the workout? So consider the game as a workout and just add 15 or 20 more minutes. And then the next day we can recover versus you got a game and then you come the next day and you work out and now you're wearing yourself out for the game that's going to happen within 48 hours. So when you look at it that way, you kind of get it versus guys are saying, what's wrong with him? He's crazy after a game. Well, we only played 20 minutes. Some of the guys didn't play any minutes, right? So here we are putting all this together for the guys. We're organizing this like a a university or an NBA workout. So NBA guys will do the same thing. The guys that didn't play, they're going to go work out right after in the arena because they need to stay in shape. And they can't work out the next day because they're on a plane to fly to play on Friday. So if you play on Wednesday, you can't work out on, on Thursday because you're flying because you play on Friday. So now you got three days where you didn't do anything if you're a player that didn't play. So we were trying to take those approaches and really break down every moment for these guys, right? These guys are away. They don't stay in dorms where they can just come over and work out. So if we got them all together, let's do that. So we're actively doing this. And we're and I know for a fact we're doing these things that some other, you know, junior colleges aren't considering. That's that's in California. You know, some are, but but we're considering it, right? And here these guys are complaining. You're complaining about the commitment that we're making to get you better. You're complaining because I'm asking you to come do some sit-ups and uh, dynamic workout right after the game. That's going to allow you to get that scholarship. That's going to allow you to look a lot better than your opponent. The reason why we're having success is because we're considering all these things. We're Yeah, we're talented. Yeah, we're trying to play hard, but we're trying to stay in better shape. We're trying to prevent injury by doing all these things so that at the end of the year, you guys are stronger than your opponents. You're all these things. And we're doing it in a way not to wear you out, but it's in within the science. And you're complaining. You're complaining about this. And so that's kind of where that came from. And I guess that whole speech came out of that, you know. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I didn't think that was a big deal. I was like, man, I said, man, I'm going to get drilled. Nobody's going to like me for yelling at these guys for working after. And then everybody sends these comments, coach, that was the greatest speech. I was crying in tears. I'm like, okay, I guess. I literally thought I was going to get hammered for screaming at these guys, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, you got this whole black lives matter thing. Oh, he's, I thought everybody was going to be like, oh man, he's, he's awful for yelling at these young black boys, you know, but Hey, I guess it, it inspired some people.
um well what was what was maybe one one scene that that comes to mind you know either positive or, or negative uh that didn't get didn't get aired um but maybe one one thing from the season that is quick to pop you know that maybe you wish they had they had been able to to get in there well i shared on a couple occasions uh you know just the the sean story man and, and it kind of sums up what our what our uh what it's all about and you know you kind of lose sight you get caught up in winning and after a game i mean we literally won started our win streak and we had two top 20 teams that we had to play down in san diego which is two hours away from us it was an overnight trip our one little overnight trip you know besides our our camping trip our little uh retreat but our one overnight trip where we stay three nights you know we stay in a nice hotel and we get to eat and the guys eat well. Uh, so we're going home. We win the tournament. So we were able to win those, beat, beat those two teams. And we're looking around. Everybody's celebrating. It's a couple of days after Christmas. So everybody's still in vacation mode, you know, in holiday mode. And we're in the locker room celebrating. All the parents were there for whatever reason. I was like, man, everybody's here. Deshaun didn't have anybody there. So we're getting in the vans, we're ready to go, and the vans are running. And I'm looking around, where's Deshaun? And I hop out, the vans are running. Behind the van, walking around in circles, he's crying with his eyes to the sky. And I'm thinking like, okay, for Deshaun to cry, something catastrophic has happened. But literally, I walk out, and I'm like, Deshaun, what's going on? He's walking in circles, and you all right, man? What's going on? And he's, he's like, coach. And I'm like, dude, what's going on? And he's sick, too. So like he's sick, he just came up and I'm sick. You know, this is December, 2019, man. We all had COVID. I know we did. So he falls over on me and he says, coach, I just want to talk to her. And I was like, wow. You know, he just wanted to talk to his mom. He said, I just got some questions for her because all this stuff was hitting him. You know, how does he handle this? How does he handle that? You know, during this time, everybody looks at Deshaun's response and, thinks he's, you know, why is he acting out? Man, we're trying to handle legal stuff. We're trying to handle, trying to get all of the, his mom's estate into his name. We look, we're talking to lawyers. All of this is going on during the season and you're dealing with this emotional stuff. And, and you know, he just said, I just want to talk to her. And so we cried for about five or 10 minutes. I said, man, you can, you, you can always talk to me. I said, I can't replace her, but you can talk to me. I share with him that, hey, it's going to be painful for the rest of your life. We just got to get through the pain. And I told him he's mine forever. And so I think that summed up where we should be in the moments that we should look for and, and kind of re- help us to remember what our purpose is as coaches, you know, not just to win games, but but that. And to be mentors and to be someone that they can count on to confide in and all that, you know. And of course, everybody doesn't. That's not everybody's calling, but if you say that you want to impact lives like that, then then those are the moments that are important. And I had to remember, like, ah, we just won this tournament. I was like, okay, let's go, man. Mosley, you got these guys going. We we probably top five now, you know. And I had to just just bring it back and be like, man, I forgot what 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 the purpose is, you know. And so that moment was a great moment. That would have been uh, great for TV, but I mean, they—I guess they had other ideas, you know. And they yeah. were great, you know. Netflix was great with our privacy; it was—it was awesome. I mean, they're heck. 
you know, even though there were some things I wanted in, there's some things I didn't want in, and I'm sure glad that they didn't put it in. And there was some, you know, I remember one time there, we were, me and Coach Rob, we were in the office, and we were just, for whatever reason, we were just, just, we were just talking about LeBron, man, and just kind of ragging on him. And it's kind of before he won the championship here in L.A. So it's kind of like, you know, but they didn't put it in. I'm so glad they did that. I got so much respect for LeBron and, and uh, you know, what he's done with the Laker organization and the character. And I'm just like, you know, I'm so glad. I was so sweating, like, oh, my gosh. I hope they didn't put it in. Uh, and so they didn't, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, in terms of, of how it came out, I thought it was, was very well produced. And, and last kind of main question for you is, you know, obviously one of the storylines that they were showing was really the, you know, the quest for the state championship and the road to the state championship. And, you know, I think some of the games they showed, you know, they made it very dramatic and it's like a life or death situation, but then you get a little peek of the scoreboard and you see it's like a 20 point, 20 point game. But once you started getting into the playoffs where one slip up would make all the difference. And as a viewer, you kind of, you know, COVID's happening, but you don't really know the time frame. You're hoping everything come you know everything makes it before the season gets canceled but then it starts unraveling and you know when you had obviously you had to tell the team and the bus but kind of afterwards how long did it take you know just to I'm, I'm sure guys were coming in and and sad and how long did it kind of take afterwards to kind of you know start moving moving things forward again well you know what um I'll tell you what that was that's a conversation so because I have not, or we haven't won a state championship here, right? Uh, I mean, we've won multiple conference championships, which is hard to do as well. But because, I mean, that's a moment that we have, we got to have almost every year. You know, whether it's one game away or whether it was, we were in the state championship game and we lost. It's a conversation you got to have at the end of the year. And for us, I think we got a hundred and something team team or schools in California, California and 90, maybe 91 basketball teams, men's basketball teams. So 91 coaches have to have this conversation or I'm sorry, 90 coaches have to have this conversation every year. You don't get used to it. It hurts, but you, you kind of prepare yourself or you kind of want to go right into it as this doesn't define you. You guys worked hard. Uh, here are the next steps. Although it was even more painful, I thought at that moment I had to, I, first of all, that, that was the first time that I felt like I let the guys down because they really did everything they were supposed to do. I felt like, man, I let these guys down. And I felt so out of control. You know, maybe sometimes when you, you don't you don't finish the season like you want, it's like, well, a few guys didn't do what we asked them. And everybody recognized, like, yeah, coach, we, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. Or, you know, maybe I could, you know, some circumstance, some man, they were just better than us, you know. But in this case, I felt like we were on the right track. Everybody bought in. Joe Hampton, I mean, everybody bought in. It was just like magical the way it was happening. And I felt like I let them down because they did everything they were supposed to do. And the stars aligned and everything was supposed to go that way. And so I just felt like I let him down. And so it was even more painful, but I let it, had to let him know that, man, I, I, like, I'm thinking like this is not the end of life, right? We all know this is not the end of life. So this is so painful. 
But I had to let them know that let's pick ourselves up because it's going to be more painful moments in life. So this is not going to be the last painful. So let's get ourselves going. Let's get recharged. Here's what we got to do. Let's handle our academics. Let's handle, let's move forward. Let's try to get you guys college scholarships. There's going to be more painful moments. And there will be. All those guys, they're going to have pain. They're going to have, whether they lose loved ones, whether they, disappointments in their careers, uh, disappointments in relationships, it's going to be so painful. And we, us, you know, in my 40s, man, living out and just being older, that's a painful moment. I have had painful moments in my 30s, in my 20s, in my teens, and they're just going to keep coming. And how we respond and get out of them is probably what's going to define us. And that's the lesson that we've taught is the painful moments, even in basketball, which Joe learned, they're painful moments, but respond the right way and come out of them. And guess what? Brighter days will come. And brighter days did come in the season. But then guess what? At the end, there was another painful moment. But I think all the guys we see, they bounce back from that day, that March uh, 10th or 11th, whatever day that was, that they said is canceled. They've all bounced back and they've all had have moved on and done reasonably well so far. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see the guys in Division One, one right now. But um, you know, overall, you know, it was as I said, it was a very inspiring show. Um, you know, it was, it was a great watch, and as I said, it was. I'm, I'm glad I got to got a chance to to chat with you. So I appreciate you taking the time out of out of your busy day to to talk about about the show and and basketball, and, and definitely looking forward to you know, hopefully, you know, now seeing a game in, in person, uh, you know, come, come the fall. And, you know, the, the last comment, uh, non-basketball wise, but there was, there was a, a little clip of you when you were teaching uh, the cycling class. And I was like, man, <laughs> we need to get him on, on the Peloton app because he would, he would be inspiring everybody to get their, get their PRs. Um, yeah. That, you know, that was a, that was another just kind of good moment of the show. But, you know, as I said, appreciate you coming on and, and best of luck now that, you know, hopefully in the next you know month or so of being able to get back in the gym and, and back to seeing, seeing all the kids in person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we're hoping here in the next uh, month or so we can be back almost to 100%. Looks like we're in herd immunity, hopefully here by the summertime uh, so we can get back going. Uh, it will still leave, it leaves a scar on me. Uh, and leaves a, it'll leave, leave a scar on some of these young men just because, uh, it, you know, we probably could have been a little more progressive. Uh, but yet and still, how we're going to respond is, is probably what's going to define us, not based on what happened, it's how we respond. So we look forward to it. But thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and uh, best of luck going forward. Thanks, thanks Sean. Thank you very much.